and welcome to episode 6 of Much Do About Rugby. Before we start, I'd just love to give a quick shout out to the England team, rugby team, for giving us those jobs. Unfortunately, we did have to decline. We are halfway through our university exams. So, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it was a kind offer, but we can't really continue to do that. Um, big shout out as well to our good friends from the States, Germany across and Russia. The, across the pond. Across the world. Uh, we are being listened to, apparently. So thank you very much if you're from those places. Um, I'm back again with my friend Maxin this time. No Maliki this week, unfortunately. Maliki's busy, he's a bit whipped at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Mackie, mate, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. It's a bit weird with just the two of us, isn't it? I know, how are we going to keep this conversation going? <laughs> yeah, might be a bit boring. <laughs> nah, joking, definitely won't be. Uh, yeah, so I think we're going to skip over the rugby news just for now uh, because there isn't really much to talk about. We did quite a lot on the news last uh, last episode. So if you want to know what's going on in the world of rugby oh, at the moment, just uh, go and listen to the previous episode. Ed, can we talk quickly about um, Dan Carter and Bowden Barrett combos? Well, Dan Carter's not going to start in the first couple of matches because he's um, not um, contact ready yet. He hasn't been training as long as everyone else. Is he not? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it's a bit of a let down, isn't it? That's the way it's working. And that's all we're going to say about that. Right, on to the main <laughs> topic today. <laughs> on to the main topic today. We are going to talk about Saracens. Now, if you don't boop, boop. know, Saracens have recently been part of a big um, debacle, basically fueled by the media, um, where they breached the salary cap of the premiership so quite a big crime <laughs> i don't know how to describe yeah. it but a, bit, a big thing basically and um being three times champions of europe or champions of the premiership as well this was huge because everyone was like what will it mean for salaries um when it first when the story first came out it was like what what's going to happen what, what are we going to do like what's the punishment going to be so essentially if you don't know what happened in january of this year there was initially a five million pound fine um, and a thirty-five point deduction. Now this was because um, their owner Nigel Ray, who has now stepped down as owner, I'm pretty sure, uh, did basically break the salary cap rules by going into property ventures with certain big players in the team, such as Billy, uh, sorry, specifically Billy Vinopola, Mako Vinopola. Maratoje and Chris Ashton. Now, after that initial five million pound fine and thirty-five point um, deduction, the team got the opportunity to open its books and be um, basically found out if they'd broken the salary cap rules before, or um, they could just take another points deduction and go down to the championship essentially. Now, for some reason, we don't really know why, but they took the second option, even though they probably would have overtaken Leicester, whoever was at the bottom of the table at the end, uh, last time the Premiership was played. Um, and they, they took a 70-point deduction. So they ended up 105 points down behind everyone else, basically. <laughs> and they would have been second in the table without this um, points deduction. So uh, it's a... It's a bit of a shocking thing when you first hear it. You think these guys, they're champions. They've got stacked England players. Um, what's the premiership going to be like without Saracens? You know, because Saracens, you always bet on them to 
be at least in the final semi-final. So, you know, I think it opens a lot, up a lot of doors for other teams, smaller teams. Um, who knows? Sale, Sharks, Exeter will certainly be in with a much bigger shout. Um, but when you're spending, I'll give you some figures. When you're spending in 2016 to 17, bearing in mind that the salary cap in the Premiership is £7 million, they spent £1.1 million over that limit in 2016 and 17. And that was three One years ago. One billion dollars. A lot of money. Uh, in 2017 and 18, only only 98,000 more than the salary cap. And in 2018 19, so last year, they spent £900,000 over the salary cap. So it adds up to a little over two million pounds over the salary cap over the over the course of three years, the and thing, we don't know how long beforehand they were breaching the salary cap rules. The um, thing is about that, though, is it's literally a case of one small pernickety thing, which I feel like is massively over exacerbated in terms of the amount of the overstatement, if that makes sense. So. If it weren't for that, so basically the issue with it is is that these co-investments weren't properly defined by Premiership Rugby and it was essentially a loophole by Saris that was found and obviously they're going to make an example of it and say that it, it does fall under it, um, which means that these investments, which are theoretically quite big, would go into salary cap, which is why it looks so much larger like in massive overstatements but realistically it's is it that much of an overstatement really and also one other thing um that they did co-invest with was like maritoje's image rights mm-hmm. um and they essentially paid him out for those and one thing that saris did do wrong and this is dodgy is that um they basically massively overvalued his image rights um, and then paid him off based on this overvalued figures um which is pretty dodgy but basically the in my opinion and this is definitely coming from a Saris fan so take this biased opinion how you like it but essentially all the other premiership clubs specifically Exeter um, and Sale Sharks I think basically cried about it so so much um, because they haven't won anything over the last like three or four years um, and they both a bit crap teams. Well, X obviously aren't crap, but Sale Sharks are. But their owner just cry about everything. Um, but I don't. I think if they hadn't kicked up as big of a fuss, then I don't think anywhere near um, as big a thing would have happened. Um, and I, the thing that annoys me the most is Steve Baxter saying that the title should be stripped from Saris. I just okay, cannot yeah. understand that if logic. I can, if I can interject here on yeah. that on that point that the titles and things like this should be stripped uh, should be stripped from saracens i think i was looking at videos today obviously doing some research on the topic and austin healy made a very good point now usually i'm not the biggest fan of austin healy i think he's a bit brash with everything that he says but i think he did make a very good point in saying that there's so many variables in winning a premiership or a um, title that you know, that same team probably would have gone on and won it despite the salary cap breaches. But mm. who knows if they would have had the same team in that case. But based on, like, individual matches, it's still rugby. Like, it's not determined by salary. So, therefore, like, I feel, I feel and I'm a Quinns fan, so technically I should really be <laughs> on the side of Steve Baxter. But, you know, I, I just think that is a bit Oh, I realise it's Rob, it's Rob Baxter, isn't it? Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> 
I realise that it, that is that is basically just people crying that oh they cheated and I mean on the pitch they didn't yeah. so I don't know yeah um, but the, the, the thing also, that makes there, me there think there also calls about uh, the Champions Cup now in in Europe That's in France stupid. there are no salary there is no salary cap so there there is actually no reason why they should have been or should be stripped um, from their Champions Cup titles which is mm. something that you guys can hold on to I guess. Yeah, I think it's the thing that makes me think that the idea of stripping titles is really stupid is because none of the players apparently like re- knew about each other's co-investments. I mean, obviously the Vinopola brothers will have um and I just from what from the interviews I've seen and what I've seen them say and being genuinely honest about it is that it, it didn't seem like a massive part of it and whether it was a part of the squad's formation in itself, plausibly it could have been. Um, well, but as I think, you say, there's lo- loads of things that go into it. I think as a player, um, you probably just you're thinking, right? If I if I'm want to be as good a player as I can be, I want to be playing with other good players. Now, Saris have a very good team, and if you're coming through their academy like Itoje did. And you see the opportunity to play alongside these big players. The salary isn't necessarily as much a part of it as just playing alongside these big players, I think. So mm-hmm. even though he's, he's yes, he's dabbling in these illegal uh, ventures, then I don't know. I just, I just don't think his mind would have been going like, oh, I'm making stacks off this. Like His mind would have been England and Saracens first, like playing rugby because that's... Obviously, you can't play rugby internationally or or for um, club really if you don't love it. I don't think so. I, I don't think yeah, that's that's where sure. the minds of the players were. But I still think that Nigel Ray should have been uh, way more careful. Maybe I don't know because it's just it's just difficult because you say they found a loophole, but it was found out like not to be that much of a loophole, and they just basically got away with something that was illegal for a while. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think, but, that, but I think, the reason, I think you've got, you have to place blame on Nigel Ray in this, in this situation. But the reason the reason I would say that it, is, that it shouldn't have been, I don't want to go into too much detail into the actual act of doing it because I've read quite a lot into the details of, of how it's worked. And the reason I don't personally think that it should have been penalised is because Nigel Ray, in making those co-investments, is, is effectively expecting a return on his investment in himself. So it's not as if he's paying the players. He's just allowing them to to invest in something else, get a return from themselves. But it's not like he's not getting a financial return to himself by co-investing, which is what I find stupid is the fact that he's not paying the players to invest. He's investing with them to allow larger investment sizes. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, Mackie, you are the businessman. If you don't already know, Mackie does... um accounting and finance at, at university so uh he's probably more of a, a numbers man in this sense than i am um yeah, perhaps but shall sh- sh- we move on i think mm-hmm. you've made your opinion clear on how you feel about the um relegation and and the difficulties that saracens has faced um i just want to actually mention before we do move on uh jamie george on house of rugby uh probably the biggest rugby podcast in the world at the moment uh, he seemed very casual about the whole thing. He said that no, none of the other players really, or none of the players at all had anything 
to to do with it or didn't really know about it, which I think is encouraging because I think there's got to be some sort of team morale there at Saracens um, at the moment, especially. So I just think, um, yeah, that that's that's good that they're it's, not they're not yeah, the, they're not suffering too much. I mean, they're going down for a season, which will be heartbreaking, obviously, especially for the fans. But I think they're very much looking to come back up into the Premiership and tear up again. So. Yeah, I think just the club atmosphere is good enough that they don't really give a shit that much. Yeah, because we, like, we it's pretty insane. For, for people like me, who we're not a Saracens fan, I, I hate Saracens, if I'm honest, um, because I'm a Queens fan them. and because they win a lot. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, as, as a Quinns fan, who else do you want to play? Who else do you want to beat? You don't want to beat anyone else. Like, Saracens are the London rivals. You want... You want to play them, you want to beat them. So it's actually such a shame that they're not in the Premiership. You know what I mean? Mm. Now you um, want to beat you want to beat London Irish, mate, and Yorkshire Reading, Carnegie. Reading, that's what you want. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Uh, let's let's move on. Let's talk about. Okay, so you you've got this um, relegation. You think you've got uh, the likes of Owen Farrell, the Vuna Polar Brothers, all these massive England players. Um, you think mass exodus leaving the club now i've written out a list of transfers um that are going out from uh from saracens this season and going in and i can tell you right now the list for out is a lot longer than the list for in um Mm. as i'm sure you can tell why however no seriously big names unless you count um george cruz as a seriously big name is really Mm leaving the club like all their key players i'd say a toje the voodoo the voodoo brothers and farrell are probably the the biggest players in this circumstance that could leave the club and leave it kind of in a much worse shape than it was before now i, I i'll go i'll go through the list and max and stop me at any point if you want to comment on on someone yeah sounds so good. first of all we've got um ben spencer going to bath the scrum half that's a perm move, right? Yeah, that's a permanent move. I'll let you know if they're loans or not. Yeah, um, yeah. Ben Earl and Max Malins are both going to Bristol on a season-long loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Singleton, the hooker, is going to Gloucester on a season-long loan. Um, then you've got uh, Joe Gray, the the prop, going to Quinns. I'm pretty sure he's... he's um... Quinns! <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah. is, Ed, do you, do you not think he's the best? Is he a prop? Yeah. <laughs> Best prop in the Premiership, right? Yeah, probably going to is. Probably is you know. <laughs> Matt Gallagher, the most average fullback on the face of the planet, going to Munster. Uh, that's probably quite a good move for him. He's he's quite a young yeah. guy, I think. So, uh, Will Will Skelton, who uh, was probably one of those marquee players that yeah, I don't really know. He's 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 just absolute beast. He's just a good player. I don't really know how he ended up at Saracens. That was probably also a breach in the salary cap, but uh, he's off. <laughs> he, he's off to La Rochelle. Uh, you've got Alex Good and George Cruz going to Japan, but Alex Good's going on a season loan, and George Cruz is going on a permanent um, basis. Mm. Um, Nick Asikwe. This is a big move for Saints, actually. You know, he's 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 off to Northampton. I think that's a very classy move, especially when you got the likes of Lewis London and people. You've got a lot it's, of fire. Is that on a perm? That's on a permanent basis. Yes. Is it? Oh, I thought that was only alone. Yeah. Uh, and then that's you've you've got this this uh, move that's happened in recent days, but very recent. Uh, Alex Lazowski to Montpellier. Yeah, that's Another, that'll be so, good move. So, so how many how many players there have or or are England quality? You got one, two, three, four. 
five, six, seven, I'd say. Seven England quality players out of the list of 10 or 11. Mm. So, yeah. but as Saracens have that many England players, it's almost like affordable. You still, um, we completely forgot about Elliot Daly as well. Like, Elliot Daly is another person who, if Jamie George, like, you basically got the whole yeah. England team. It's insane. But the thing is, okay, so yes, they've lost, Saris have lost a lot of players in terms of. Um, yeah, obviously they've lost a lot of players. However, what I would say to that is, obviously, I mean, I've got a 15 in front of me now that I would start in the championship next year, which yeah, is okay. pretty insane in itself. Uh, but also, the main thing in the premiership is that I think actually wins you the premiership. It's strength and depth. And obviously, Sarri's not going to need that next year to an extent. They will have no European rugby. They'll literally just have their championship game. Yeah, but you've still got people playing for England. Yeah, so they'll just blood all their young oh. players and then just chuck in, chuck in Billy Rapodis. I think, I think, I, think I, I mean, there is reason to be optimistic. However, I think you might be being a little too optimistic. You know, in the middle of the season, when you don't have someone like Max Maiden stepping for Owen Farrell, <laughs> what is going to happen? What is going to hey, happen? You've got... Ma- uh, Manu Vunapola, to be fair. Manu Vunapola. Wait, okay. So, so you've also got one signing coming in. The, Davies, the boss what a man, signing. The boss man that is Alad Davies. He's a threat. He's yeah. a threat. I mean, playing in the championship, what was he doing? Why has he made that move? He can literally just wait mm. a season. Who knows? It's a long-term move because it, it's also... The thing is with Saris, and I feel like they're so efficient compared to any other club, right? It's okay. Like they, ben Spencer's leaving... Who are we going to get? Let's just get another international nine in. Just like literally like a click of a button. Do you think if- Do you think that it gives <laughs> Richard Wigglesworth another season of rugby or two as well? Because if, yeah, if they're playing sure. in the... like, I don't know if he would have had one or two more seasons in the, in the premiership or not. Or if he was retiring next season or whatever. But... He's definitely got mm. another season in the championship. Like the the I'm not I don't mean to diss the championship, but I think the step up is quite high. You see it you see the um what's it called? Um relegation battle just being between the, the same two teams every season in the premiership and kind of the same team mm. coming up to the premiership every year from the championship. We're quite sorry for the championship teams as well, to be honest. They're gonna have to play Saris next year. Mm, I, I somehow Somehow I don't. I think they'll go in with the attitude like this is the biggest match I'll possibly ever play. I'm playing against champions of Europe, three time champions. <laughs> the Jersey Reds coming in strong against Saris. What Yorkshire Carnegie? <laughs> Woo! Cornish Pirates. Yeah. yeah. C- <clears throat> Shall we talk about um, Saris team next year in a bit more detail, and also the the championship and some of the clubs they're going to play? Yeah. So I know you've done done a fifteen. Um, do you want to just start start from the top, number one, and then I'll yeah. uh, I'll give my I'll give my thoughts on. on I mean, just to say, this is a first strength team, and I sh- I don't envisage this team will play. However, this is this is the situation, right? It's Saris. Saris are in the last game of the season in the championship. They're in second place against the team in first place, and which is going to happen? <laughs> the team in first place is London Scottish. It's, it's a big <laughs> rival, London London Derby. <laughs> Sorry, win the game. They go through, and this is the team they're going. This is the team they're going to field. Number one is Mako Vinopola. Number two <laughs> is Jamie George. <laughs> Number three is Vincent Koch, the World Cup winner. <laughs> Number four is Mario Toje. World Number Cup five, finalist. 
Yeah, World Cup finalist. Number five is Joel Kapoku. Uh, number six is uh, Jackson Ray. Number seven is Sean Raphael. Number eight is oh, Billy Bonapola. Who's who's Sean Raphael? Um, he's a younger player. In fact, Ed, we, we you were at that game when we watched Tunbridge versus um, Harrow. Harrow, right? Yeah, yeah, he was he was uh, number eight for okay. Harrow. Yeah, good player. Uh, but he's class. Yeah, he's really young. Um, so yeah, as I said, Billy Bonapola yeah. at eight, Alid Davies at nine. Owen Farrell at 10, Brad Barrett at 12, Don Morris at 13, 11 is Ritimi Sigan, 14 is Sean Maitland, and 15 is Elliot Daly. Okay, so that team is absolutely <laughs> stacked. Well, I, so I can't, stacked. I can't, that, that would be silly. If they played, if they played a team like that, it would, it would be like the under 14 Bs <laughs> playing the first team of any school. <laughs> It would be a bloodbath. Like, let's face it. Like, you've got, you do have some young players like uh, Raphael and Don Morris, but they're still England age groups quality and likely to be, you know, playing for England in a couple of years. So yeah. I think it is, it is a strong team. I'm a bit. Yeah. Oh, oh, I feel. I is do. there anyone Maybe. you'd put in there that I didn't? Um. Oh well. I, I, don't, I don't know I, I don't I don't I don't know the Sarri's, uh squad depth well enough so mm. I I can't really say but all yeah sure oh, how many how many England players are in that team uh let me count as in England internationals or they are English England England internationals no they're, no, they're mostly English two three four five if you count if you count Brad Barrett yeah, seven out seven out of fifteen. Seven out of fifteen. So you've literally got <laughs> just under half the team. Is, seven is, out of fifteen. Seven out of fifteen. Oh, six out of fifteen started the World Cup final. No, seven out of fifteen played in the World Cup final because Vincent. No, Brad Park Barrett well. didn't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, so this it's gonna it's gonna be unfair. I mean, we we also don't know enough about about the uh, championship to say, oh, but this team's got some quality and could uh, pull a pull a surprise over mm. over over on Saris. But um, no, I think I think the conclusion is that Saris will be back in the Premiership sooner yeah. rather than later, and they will be back in Europe the season after. So. Mm. Um, what it's pretty insane some of the teams they're playing though it's going to be a, I would suspect a more travelling in terms of the domestic league than they're used to obviously they normally travel for European um, but the Cornish Pirates for example are literally all the way down in Cornwall right at the tip um, and also Jersey Reds which is a, a short flight away can I, can I ask as well what, what good do you think this will do for the championship in terms of uh, numbers of people watching games, maybe television rights. Like, what do you think is going to do on that front? To be honest, mate, I, I don't think it's going to do much. And the reason I say that is, I, I think it could go one of two ways. If Sarri's walk it, then I think it would be actually probably more detrimental because people will realise how crap the league is. However, what and what I actually hope happens is that Saris find it harder than they suspected that it would be. And they, they still, obviously, I still want them to win the league, but 
I'd like them to struggle slightly just to show that the league does actually have some quality and I think it'll also help English rugby in a way because it might actually show that some people from that league are capable of of maybe taking a step up to the premiership and it's a bit more of a feeding ground for future talent whereas at the moment it's sort of everything just feeds through premiership academies but I don't know what do you think okay well I think um uh, it really depends on the interest in rugby initially, I think. And uh, this is why I don't think it'll result in anything. Uh, mm. Not 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 any, It's, it's not going to result in anything bad for the championship. It will result in some good things, but um, it certainly re- won't result in the, uh, you know, some, some um, massive exposure that I think some, you know, the, the question kind of suggested. Um, mm. I think that... Because rugby itself isn't the most popular sport in the UK, you know who's gonna turn on the telly, and it's not like New Zealand where you turn you turn on the telly and there's literally like some random schoolboy rugby on the telly. It's mm. like it's like they're just obsessed about it over there. Mm. You can't you can't um you can't compare you can't compare it really. So I just think there's that lack of interest in rugby to begin with. And, you know, there will be some people that sit down and watch the championship, but I think they're already struggling to get the women's game more popular and stuff, so why would people watch, like, second-tier men's game? You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Do you want to hear something interesting? I would love to hear something interesting. For those of you who are uh, big Tunbridge Juddians fans, big up. Tunbridge Juddians are now just one league below Saris. That's quite something, I must admit. Yeah, thinking <laughs> that, that Tunbridge Juddians, you know, they are they're a very good team, but they always feel quite small time because uh, it's just you know our local club or whatever. And Max yeah. has played there since he was a small child, so yeah, that <laughs> makes it seem it shows. a lot more uh, close to home, or Saracens yeah. seem a lot more close to home than the uh, champions of Europe that they once were. Yeah, for sure. Just shows how crap crap it is. And um, what do you think? How funny would it be if Saris won the Champions Cup this year if it were to carry on? I think I think Premiership teams, <laughs> uh, Baxter would be furious. He'd be furious. <laughs> it would be it would be so funny. to be fair, if, like if they're the last English team left in, I would happily watch Saris win the Champions Cup because, you know, I'm English and I like to see English teams doing well on a um big time basis, mm. like in the Champions Cup. It's like when Liverpool won the Champions League in football. Everyone everyone seems to hate Liverpool. What? But they, you know, don't you hate Spurs more? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Sarri's the last team left. I could be making that up, though, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. Not... But uh, in that case, then, yeah, I do I do want... I do probably want them yeah. to win more than anyone else. Just I'm not interested in some random Irish team making them... Mm. Like Leinster, making Irish rugby more gassed than they actually are because they got absolutely trounced by everyone at the World Cup, including yeah. Japan. So True. And Ed, who um, who's going to win the Premiership <clears throat> next year then? Um, I'm going to go a bit rogue. I'd, I'd love to say Quinns. I'd love to say Quinns. <laughs> However, we just simply don't have the firepower. We don't have the strength in depth. We don't have the backs to do anything special other than possibly make a Champions yeah. Cup spot. So I would love to see Danny Cipriani in Gloucester um, oh. tear up because I like the way they play. Danny Cipriani makes them ex- a very exciting team to watch. And I like I like the likes of um, 
Oddie Thorley. I thought maybe he should have been given chance in, in an England shirt. Um, mm. You know, we say we say Rory McConaughey's a, a, a good player, and he is, and he definitely Rory. deserves it. He definitely deserved his England shirt. However, I just think Thorley, with uh, the highlights that he showed the season before the World Cup, I thought he may, might have just done enough to squeeze in the squad. But. What blasphemy are you talking about right now? You better not be talking out out, on, out against I'm, Rory. I'm McConaughey. not talking out against Rory. I love Rory, and I love it that he made the squad, but. Honestly, we all thought, Rory, mate, you don't. We don't know if you're going to get in, but it, there's a more likely chance that you're not because Ed, of people like Oli Thorley. Oli Thorley was all, a big threat. No, we always knew Rossi was going to get in. Things, God, come on. All right, big up, Ross. We love you, mate. Don't. I do you know who I think is going to win. I what? Well, who I would like to win? Firstly, is anyone but Exeter. However, I would love for Bristol to win it. They are good. They are good. Yes. And they've got Burl. Ben Earl, um, Max Malin's coming in. They've got yeah. Carl Sinclair, Semi Rudrider. They're going to. We've yeah. already spoken about the transfers. Charles Piatow. Oh, they're going to be. <laughs> they're going to be so scary. Good. They're going to be scary. Yeah. They're going to be so, so um, good. I'm excited for it. Yeah. And that about wraps up for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to uh, Much Do About Rugby. And we'll. Uh, See you in the next episode. Make sure you go and follow our Instagram page at Much Do About Rugby. Thank you. Rugby.